You are now listening to Like a Local Podcast, the podcast that allows you to trip without falling into tourist traps. Think of your next destination, then having a local share of the best places to stay, eat, drink, and what to do. Time is money, and these ladies are saving you time and preventing you from looking like a tourist. Here are your hosts, Katie Hilton and Stephanie Gerard. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back or welcome to Like a Local Podcast, the podcast that allows you to trip without falling into tourist traps. My name is Stephanie Gerard. My name is Katie Hilton. And we are your hosts. We hope you all had a fun and festive 4th of July. Katie Brown, how was yours? It was, you know, we went to Mexico last week and we got back Friday afternoon. And then yesterday and all of today have just been a little rough. Mm-hmm. A little. Why? Some stomach problems. Oh, no. So we. From, the, from Mexico, you think? really know. I honestly don't know. We got barbecue yesterday for lunch and that could be the culprit. I think it was that, but Ryan gets offended when I say that I didn't eat the barbecue. I just got some like grilled chicken, but maybe that did it. I don't know. Maybe that was the culprit. I mean, yeah, I got back on Friday. Yeah. So I, yeah. So that's why I think it's, it wasn't Mexico. Is this TMI or is it uh, upstairs or downstairs? Downstairs. Okay. Okay. Honestly, this is TMI, but I wish I had weighed myself mm-hmm. before all of this started mm-hmm. because I don't understand how there's anything left. You're set for a colonoscopy. I'm afraid I have a hemorrhoid. Oh, okay. This is getting way TMI. No, yeah. I wasn't planning on putting that on. There, oh, but- we're putting it in. But I was just letting you know. Happy 4th of July. Okay. Tell me. Fireworks. So, you were in, <laughs> oh, so you were in Nashville and you. I were, was in Nashville and it was. around the city. I wouldn't say that I did Nashville like a local. Definitely did very touristy things. We did the pedal bike. We went to Broadway all four nights, but it was so much fun. There were some really good bands playing. We ate some really good food. Mockingbird Tavern and Pinewood Social were all recommendations from the podcast that we went to, and they were so good. And I went with a bunch of New Yorkers, and they—it was hilarious. Like they don't have cookout in New York. You would have thought cookout was like serving gold. They oh love cookout. Had any of them been to New- to Nashville? A couple of them have. Okay. A couple, but that's funny. It was like Guido's Guido's in Nash. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. It was a good weekend and good, good fireworks. Um, you know who else probably had really good fireworks? <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Hmm. hmm. Washington, D.C. Washington, C.C. Washington, oh, D.C. English. C.C.C. This week's episode is in Washington, D.C. Before I get into telling you who we're interviewing and what the city's about, I'm going to share a little fun fact. I have two, just in case you had heard of one. Okay. The original phone number for the White House, do you know this? 911? No. Can you hear the fire trucks? I can. They're excited. They're, just, they're so excited. They can't wait to hear this fun fact. The original phone number for the White House in 1878 was simply the number one. A phone was not installed in the president's office in the Oval Office until 1929. I wonder if that was like public knowledge. So like where people probably probably just hitting up the press. And the other fact Um, was um, the White House has a total of 35 bathrooms. 
Oh, I'm sure you would. That's good. <laughs> That'd be fun for you and your stomach issue. Yeah. I could just go to, I could just you go could to your eat rounds. Time. Yeah. You can make your rounds. <laughs> no, 35 is a lot. Uh, 35 is a lot. 35. I don't know if that would be enough. I'm just kidding. That's so <laughs> okay. But tell us more about our lovely interviewee. Yes. Today we're chatting all things Washington, D.C. with Caroline Ponsetti. She started the Thrifty Spoon four years ago to share all the fun but healthy spots in D.C. to eat and drink. She's worked on Capitol Hill and we're sure she has lots of juicy gossip about our politicians. Her social media pages are stacked with gorgeous photos of colorful food. And if you're an Asian food lover, you're in luck because that is her favorite cuisine. Caroline basically makes healthy eating look easy and actually really good. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode where we hear where to stay, dine, drink, and play for your lovely weekend getaway in our nation's capital, Washington, DC. All right, everyone, we are here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., with Caroline Ponsetti. Caroline, thank you so much for coming on today. Before we get into the lowdown of D.C., we'd love for you to introduce yourself and give the lowdown on who you are. Sure. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys and your audience. Uh, I'm originally from New Orleans, which is a food city of its own. I grew up talking about what I was going to eat at the next meal while I was still eating a meal. (laughs) And I moved to D.C. about five years ago to work on Capitol Hill. So I moved here for work, but I've fallen in love with the city. And I started my Instagram and now TikTok, The Thrifty Spoon, as a way to teach people that you can eat healthy and still stay on a budget in the city and enjoy what um, the best food we have to offer. Yeah, that's a very nifty name, The Thrifty Spoon. At first I was like, (laughs) what? And then I was like, oh, got it. Yeah, it took a lot of work because I was trying to convey to people like the food nature of it, which is why I was playing with words like spoon, fork, anything food-like, but then also the budget side. And once I landed on Thrifty, it felt right. And then the spoon felt right after that. And um, it just, it fits. I think it sounds like it could be like a restaurant. Oh, that's true. it's, It's good. I like it. Thanks guys. So you've been there how many years? Five years? About five years now. Yeah. So tell us why someone should consider coming to visit. Yeah. I mean, I think people only know what they know about DC from seeing us on the news and they forget that people here don't all work for government. We actually are, you know, fun people have good lives. And uh, the fact that DC does center around politics lends itself to a really interesting atmosphere because we're very social people. We like to get out and get to know each other. I think networking is just into our culture, but it's not something we really think about. So um, when you're young here, you're just constantly wanting to go out and make new friends and explore the best the city has to offer. So to that end, we're a very happy hour focused city which is great because all of these restaurants and bars know that from like four to six, four to seven, they need to be offering these um, types of discounted prices. So you can try some like very fancy restaurants here are really great bars at a lower price almost every day of the week because they know that they have to cater to this kind of going out culture. And that's fun, not just for the people who live here, but also just for tourists trying to get to know the city. And like, of course, there are just like your stereotypical spots that I think we'll get into, but like DC has such a, a diverse culture and a large immigrant community who bring in their own 
um, cuisines. So you really can try just like a huge variety of cultures just through eating and drinking, which is something I love. That's how people bond too. You know, like you, if you are meeting, trying to meet new friends, like going out for a drink or food, it's yeah. how people like bond and form relationships. It's easier to create those relationships. Yeah. That's a great point. Like we're not just going to meet like some stereotypical bar for a drink. Like let's go try someplace fun. Like maybe a new neighborhood. There's so many different neighborhoods. I like have barely even scratched the surface. So that's like a, a fun way to catch up. Yeah. That's a great segue. Can you kind of explain the, the different neighborhoods? Because I know, I mean, there's the part of DC that you think of like the, what's it called? The national, the mall, the mall, yeah. the national mall. Absolutely. Like, I feel like DC is so much more than that. So can you kind of go into more detail of the different neighborhoods? Sure. I think what you'd probably think of as most stereotypical neighborhoods, is like the Capitol Hill, which is of course, right off, right off of the Capitol. And that's like beautiful old um, row homes, which are what we call like a DC town home. And uh, that's typically where you find a lot of family, but a lot of young people are moving into that area as well. I'm in an area called Union Market. When I first moved to DC five years ago, the only thing that existed in this neighborhood was this food hall called Union Market, which I'll definitely get into later on. But it's cool because the neighborhood has developed so much in the past few years. We're having apartments built up, local shops come in. I'm excited because it's like a great walk to most areas in the city. I can walk to Capitol Hill. It's a little bit of a walk, but I can walk to like the mall from here. Um, But I'd say most of the city lives in the Northwest quadrant. We're divided into four. Um, And that's where you have neighborhoods like DuPont Circle, which is pretty well known, or fun and up and coming neighborhoods like Shaw or the U Street Corridor, all of which have like different kinds of food and bars. But it's great because I think in the past 10 years, people have left just like the little pockets they were in and spread out across the whole city. So more and more neighborhoods are are getting new restaurants, new businesses, new residents, and it's just more places to explore. Yeah. What about the wharf? I've been hearing a lot of that. Yeah. That's a great point. I always forget about the Southeast quadrant. The wharf is great. It's right on um, the Potomac river, which like we have beautiful rivers, like Georgetown sauna river as well. Um, the wharf is a newly developed area since I've moved here and, and some great restaurants there. Hank's oyster bar has some awesome oyster happy hour deals and, um, they're developing, continuing to develop just a lot of waterfront restaurants, which are awesome to go to. Actually went to one this weekend, went to um, got it, uh, the Salt Line, which has an, a really great Friday happy hour, but it's pretty early in the days where you can get discount oysters, which I'm always on board for. Maybe yes. that sounds right up your alley. Yes. I love oysters. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the rapid fire round earlier and I added one to it ah. and then I was like, and then, so I added another one and I said, favorite place to get or best place to get seafood. And I was like, is DC even near the water? I'm not even sure. So I'm glad that you said that because I'm going to ask you that now. No, we actually have a lot of water in the area with both of the two rivers. And then, um, just like Maryland and Virginia are both surrounded by water. So we've very fortunate to have a ton of great seafood and being from the South or like being from New Orleans in particular, like seafood is high priority for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love seafood. I think it's probably my favorite, like protein. When, when would you say the best time or the best season to visit is? It would have to be spring or fall. I think the stereotypical answer is for someone to tell you when the cherry blossoms are blooming, Oh yeah, which that's what I was expecting. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, it's like 
two weeks. It happened so fast. And like, that's when everyone just flocks to DC. So it's pretty hard to get around. It's still beautiful if you can go get a glimpse, but um, you know what? I think my answer would have to be the spring. Like we have a ton of just gorgeous trees that all bloom at once and the weather is lovely. It's like not freezing, not too hot. And it's just great eating and drinking outside weather. Cool. When is, when do the cherry blossoms bloom? Is that January? It's more like April. It changes every year. They always try to like predict people. <laughs> so oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to nail down. They're always changing. It depends on like what weather you're getting that year. And sometimes it'll just sneak up on you. It's like cherry blossoms are going to be blooming this weekend. Like everyone go rush to the tidal basin to see them. That's the like little, it's a large lake that's on the um, Jefferson Memorial and the whole lake is surrounded by these cherry blossom trees. Would you say that's pretty, like, it's a pretty touristy time? I, those, 100%. Those two weeks? Okay. Yeah, it's probably the most touristy time you have in D.C. Besides, like, 4th of July, um, which Uh-oh. we tend to have a lot of here. Exactly. It's funny, though, because most people tend to leave during 4th of July just because, you know, Congress is in recess. It's a good time for us to travel. It is funny how much of our city is dictated by, like, the schedule on Capitol Hill, like when Senate and House are in session, people aren't taking trips, but like they're always in recess in August. That's a great time for like the whole city to pack up and ship out for a little bit. Yeah. And can you actually tell us a little bit more about what you do? Because you like glazed over that you worked on Capitol Hill. Oh, and yeah. And I want to know, I want to know more about what you do every day. Yeah. Of course. So I moved up to DC to work on Capitol Hill. I started an entry-level position as a press assistant and then worked my way up. And I was a press secretary for a couple of years on a committee on the House side, which was a great learning experience and fun to do for a little bit and just learn how government actually works. And uh, I left back in 2018 to go lead media relations for a trade association. Um, And now I'm um, at an agency, I do public affairs work. So my specialty specifically is media relations, but I do a little bit of everything. Um, when it comes to communications. Cool. That's impressive. Very well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. It feels sometimes like a very stereotypical DC job. And I think we all joke in DC that our parents never really understand what we do. Yeah. Okay. Back to DC. The first segment is where are we going to stay? So we talked about, talked a little bit about those different neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Um, Which ones would you suggest someone look at and are we looking at Airbnbs or are we looking at particular hotels? Yeah, that's a great question. I would lean, if you want a good authentic DC experience, I would try to stay out of the downtown areas. I think like the downtown hotels are, are like catered toward business travelers and like the restaurants and bars around them are great during the week, but like not what you want from like a full DC experience. So if I had to pick like one neighborhood to stay in, I would say go DuPont Circle. It's got a lot of new hotels and old historic places. It's very walkable to awesome neighborhoods like 14th Street, or you can walk to the the National Mall and see all the monuments from there. Um, And I, I would lean more toward hotels. We have like a lot of good Airbnbs in the city, of course, but DC just has these historic hotels. And then also just these brand new ones a lot of which have embraced like the city's history. I like sometimes do staycations on my own, which is really fun. Like we were here for Christmas this past year because COVID and like didn't feel comfortable going home. So we got a deal on hotel tonight and um, spent the night at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, which is like a neighborhood 
um, in Northwest, which was, uh, it was like an old church that they converted into a hotel. And it was just like fantastic time to just feel a little bit like a tourist and embrace it. Cool. How, what's the price point on the line hotel? Oh, it's usually, I, I want to guess in like the 200s, but we got it. I want to say for like 130. It was a fantastic deal. And wow. we booked it the morning of. So it was like Christmas Eve. It's like, all right, let's just book a hotel. It was fun. Merry Christmas. Or yeah, exactly. Did you have any other hotels that you wanted to call out? Um, God, not off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Bad answer there. No, totally no. fine. But there are a lot of hotels in Pont Square. DuPont Circle. There are DuPont a lot of hotels in that area. You can get like something historic or something like young and hip. I would start with there. Wrong shape, cool. Katie. Wrong shape. Yeah, yeah I was so <laughs> <A> close. <laughs> and then also for like transportation, do you think, you know, do you think it's easier to get around? In the, is it easy to get around in the Metro or would you recommend just like Ubering if you're there for, I guess, just a long weekend? If you're there for a long weekend, I would probably say it's worth it to just Uber. But like my biggest advice to anyone visiting DC is pack comfortable shoes and just walk. Like you will get to fully experience the city and see places you wouldn't have seen just from walking from point A to B. And like most places you can get get to like in around an hour walk, of course, a lot smaller than that, (laughs) but it's worth it. Because that's like how the locals experience it. We're a commuter city. Every day when I was working on the hill for three years, I walked to there and back. And it was just like amazing to just look up and there's the capital. Like there's a monument. That's a beautiful hotel. We have some of the best architecture in this country. And if you're in an Uber, you're going to be looking at your phone. If you're walking, you can fully embrace it. And like, of course, you're going to save a lot of money if you're walking. But for locals- burn a lot of calories calories for for all these restaurants you're going to get all the exercise you need. That's another perfect segue. Now that we have a pillow for our heads, we know, um, how to transport. Let's move into our favorite segment where to eat. So Caroline, what are your top three restaurants in town? This is a hard question because I can talk about restaurants all day long. So, um, three of my favorite restaurants, I don't know if I can ever rank them. I feel like that's choosing your favorite children. But one of my favorite restaurants I always recommend, it's called Ambar, A-M-B-A-R. They specialize in Balkan cuisine, which is like Eastern European. um, And they have an amazing brunch and an amazing dinner deal. But I'll start with the dinner deal because it's something just like kind of unheard of. It's called- Yeah, what's Balkan food? Balkan food. It's things like, like cheese pies and- mussels and a lot of vegetables so that they do this thing called the Balkan experience I want to say it's like $55 don't quote me on that and you can get anything on the menu food and drink unlimited and like I know there are a lot of bottomless food that isn't good Ambar is not that place like everything I eat there is delicious the cocktails are amazing they do like this mango lemonade with vodka they do uh, like Sarajevo old-fashioned um, and then the food is outstanding. They have like my favorite mussels in the city. Um, I'm personally pescatarian, but I know their steak tartare is just incredible. Everyone loves it. And you can just keep going. So like if you're with the group, you want to go out and have a good time, but like also get some drinks and not spend a fortune. Like Ambar's Balkan experience is what I tell everyone to book. Okay. So the drinks are unlimited. 
The drinks are unlimited. Like alcoholic drinks. Yes. Beer, wine, and cocktails. That's the best part. Like you can order as many cocktails you want. It's like a hour limit. Wow. Does it matter? Like, does, can you order top shelf? It's just one, (laughs) uh, you're ordering from their designated cocktail drinks. Oh, okay. You'll order like the old fashioned on the menu. Oh, got it. Got it. Wow. But like the quality is fantastic. And they also do a great brunch. One of my favorite brunches. And it's like, they do bottomless mimosas, but they do them with different kinds of like juices. Juices. Mm -hmm. You can have like a mango mimosa they're known for. Okay. So highly recommend, like if you go to brunch at Ambar, have a couple of mimosas and then it's in this neighborhood that has an awesome outdoor market. So like go to brunch and then go to Eastern market, look around, like look at some art. They've got cool like stands. They have like vintage posters. Like that is an excellent Saturday in my books. If you're visiting the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After like 10 mimosas, that sounds so much fun. (laughs) That was like one of my favorite things when I first moved to DC and like low budget, like hanging out with like friends on the hills. We'd go to brunch at someplace like Ambar and then like through Eastern market, like feeling the most as life was good. Yeah. What's your next suggestion? I'm a huge sushi person. So like, I have to mention some kind of sushi option and I would go with, there's this place called Zeppelin. It's in a neighborhood called Shaw. And I love this neighborhood in general because like it has a lot of fantastic alleyways, which is like a really random thing, but DC has just these old historic homes. So they're like the back alleys are so cool. And there's this alley right by Zeppelin called Black Denali. It's covered in murals. Like it's also very Instagrammable if you're looking for most of your trip, but um, it's very cool, very historic. And then you can go over to Zeppelin. This, the quality is amazing. This, like the place has a great vibe, great atmosphere, and just one of my favorite sushi places in the city. What's your sushi order? I always do their sushi combo. It's a few, I want to say it's like, you get a roll. It's usually like a spicy tuna, spicy salmon roll. And then you get like eight pieces of nigiri. It's like fun fish you probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you make a reservation? Yes, you can. And um, they also do a good happy hour where all their highballs are half off. They like are known for their, their, um, have like some kind of carbonation machine where they make like the best sparkling water with like these tiny bubbles. So they make their highball cocktails using this carbonation and they're just fantastic and half off. You can sit on the patio. They have a great indoor and just enjoy this happy hour. Love that. And then what is your last suggestion? I would say you've got to go to Union Market. This is my neighborhood. It's this food hall that like is so great because they have a ton of vendors inside if you've been to Atlanta, it's kind of like a Ponce City market. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was imagining. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like most of them are local businesses. Some of them started out as food trucks, then go into Union Market to like get a little bit of a brick and mortar experience. And if they're successful there, they'll like start a full-time storefront, which I love because like it's giving these businesses that wouldn't probably wouldn't be able to just like um, start out as a full-scale restaurant that opportunity yeah it's like a pop-up kind of situation yeah yeah. and they have a really great um bar or like outdoor rooftop at the top it's called high lawn you can reserve like a picnic table or like the spot on a lawn and they deliver anything you want out to your spot on the roof and it just like has a great view of the city from part of it you can see the capital if you're in the new york area 
and just like walk around and enjoy all the local spots. I always like, like on trips when you're with people going to food halls, because you, there's something for everyone, you know, you don't have to worry. Exactly. Like, oh, is so-and-so going to like want to eat here? Like they'll find something at a food hall. Totally. You agree don't that. To- Go on. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, uh, like if someone has dietary restrictions, you can usually someplace find someplace that accommodates them. But, um, and there's like plenty of seating, which is always great when you like are in a big uh, trip or like a big group for a trip. And, before- and it helps if you forgot reservations. Yeah. Also true. Yes. If you have the problem getting into somewhere like food halls, also always a good option for that. Yeah, definitely. Also just remembered the, my third restaurant that I meant to mention instead of, Oh, there. you can go ahead when, and you can tell us about that and then I'll find the TikTok. Okay. So one of my favorite restaurants is in this new, like cuisine of food, I think where chefs are just honing in on vegetables and showing that like they can be the star of a meal. And I love that just because I eat like a pescatarian diet, but some days I just go without seafood altogether and just eat veggies. So one of my favorite restaurants, it opened up a couple of years ago. It's called Fancy Radish. It's on H Street, which is like the Northeast neighborhood. It's actually not too far from where I live. And I actually, the first time I ever went there was like one of the last days before the city shut down for the pandemic last year. So like to me, when I was thinking about like the good life right before we went into lockdown, I thought about this meal I had at Fancy Radish and everything on this menu is vegan, but you would have no idea. And it's not like they're like tricking you with fake meat. It's just literally, they're just showing you vegetables and they're incredible. So like my favorite thing on the menu is rutabaga fondue and it is truly like they take rutabaga squash and turn it into what resembles a fondue because it tastes kind of cheesy but it is straight just it's squash and they serve it with like um, delicious bread and vegetables and I just think it's such an inventive restaurant um, and definitely one of my favorites and another one that's similar to that is called oyster oyster it's a several course tasting menu. I want to say it's $45 and it's like Michelin star quality. It's incredible. And everything you have there is vegan. Love it. And I love bringing people who aren't vegan to vegan places or like making them try yeah. vegan food and then have them be like, Oh wait, this is actually good. And it's like, yeah, see, I told you. Thank you. Small victory. Absolutely. Vegetables can be great. Yeah. There's a vegan restaurant in Raleigh and I went there a couple of years ago and I had some leftovers. I brought it home to my boyfriend at the time, husband now. Um, and I was like, try this. And he goes, what is it? And I was like, just try it. Just try it. Like he was like, what is this? And he was like, yeah, it's good. And I told him like, it was, I can't remember exactly what the, the, what the meal was, but it was vegan. And he was like, oh, I don't know if it's good or not, but he had already said it was really good. Oh my God. Yeah. And then he tried to take it back afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Annoying. Um, okay. And before we move on to what to drink, I feel like DC is known for having so many Michelin star restaurants. There was one TikTok that I saw and it says Michelin starred food at cafe prices and it's called the baker's daughter. Yeah. There is this Michelin starred restaurant called Gravitas and it's in this neighborhood called Ivy city, which was like an industrial neighborhood that started when they were building union station. Um, And it was like where all the railroad workers lived and like the neighborhood went through some rough times and is finally coming back and Gravitas opened a couple of years ago and it's like amazing so they just opened up a like a cafe and bakery called Baker's Daughter and it's the same culinary team that does the Michelin starred restaurant but they do it at you know bakery and cafe prices so you can get 
a lot of takeout food. So it's pre-made food most of the time, take it with you to go, or um, like they've, they're known for like their coffee shop and pastries. All, they're also big on like the delivery apps. If you know, you're just like having a lazy Sunday morning and want to have some like incredible food delivered to you. Another similar place to that, that's like a really fancy place, but also has a more affordable um, next door. Yeah, exactly. There's one called Albi in the Navy Yard area. So it's right on the water. And I haven't been yet, but my grandma, funnily enough, sent me a gift card there for my birthday, which I really need to use. I'm really excited too. But she sent me this gift card because she saw a post I did at their cafe next door called Yellow. And it's Mediterranean food. And I got like the most delicious cauliflower pita I've ever had in my life. And they also have like amazing cookies and teas and stuff. But Albi was recognized as one of Esquire's top 100 country, uh, top 100 restaurants in the country. And they operate this cafe next door called Yellow. So my grandma saw my post about Yellow because she's a cool grandma who's on Instagram. (laughs) And she went to get me a gift card there for my birthday. Couldn't find a Yellow gift card. So she got me an Albi one. And I was like, grandma, grandma. like... (laughs) home run Ball <laughs> so out, now grandma. I get to go have yeah <laughs> so I need to go eat there and like yeah. enjoy the actual fancy place now yeah you'll have to keep us posted That's on so sweet on it's like do yeah. you think she knew she, let's I'll say she secretly knew and she reads Esquire's top 100 magazine uh, top 100 restaurants in her spare time yeah. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> Great. Well, I love those two little budget-friendly hacks um, for our listeners. And then before we move on to what to drink, I just have to mention this because I'm just curious. Georgetown cupcakes are very popular. Have you ever had one? Yeah. Um, are they meh? I, I would say it's overrated. Yeah. And I would say most locals tend to feel that way. It's yeah. just the line is so long. And by the time you get to the front of it, it's a really good cupcake, but I wouldn't say it's worth the wait. But the locals prefer this place across maybe like a block or two away called Baked and Wired. Also has a long line, but like for those who have sweet tooths, everyone here says it's better than Georgetown cupcakes. Okay. Hot take. Thank you. Also did want to ask about Momofuku. Yeah, so they closed the DC location, which is super sad. Yeah, I know. It used to be by my old office and they had a great happy hour. So I would go after work and um, enjoy that. I want to say they had like bottomless wine at happy hour from like four to six. You could pay one price and they just keep refilling your wine. That's where they went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) They closed during the pandemic and never reopened. Oh, that's sad. Well, go to New York then. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Just yeah. major field trip up there. Yeah. How far can you take? Like, is there a train or is a train? It's actually really convenient. It leaves out of Union Station. It stops up in Philadelphia and then New York right after that. And how long um, is it? Do you know? Well, hours. It's not bad. Yeah. I, if I had to guess, I'd say it's like two, three hours. I've oh, taken wow. the train to New York and I've taken a flight and I would say take the train. Yeah. And the train has Wi-Fi, right? Exactly. Love it. Love it. It's great. And like the train, I don't know. I'm, I love traveling on trains. Like I, it's not as stressful as having to the airport. You can show up just a few minutes before your train leaves. You don't have to get to the airport. I like you to the airport like an hour early. Um, and a lot of times it's a lot more affordable. And then with New York, you're getting right to the middle of the city. But if you're flying into like LaGuardia, you have still a commute to get to where you want to go. Right. Yeah. 
And then Union Station, our train station is, it's in the heart of the city. It's right next to the Capitol. Really easy to get to. So it's a good, that's a good tip for all of our Northern listeners to ride the train to DC. Highly recommend. If they live in the, yeah, if they live in the city, they probably already know about, probably already know that, but anyways. And then like Union Station, you can also just hop on the Metro and then take a couple stops to get to your hotel. Yeah. Yeah. We're blessed here with good public transport. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's a blessing. Moving into the next round, which is where to drink. So I know that we always love to get a nice, pretty cocktail or a nice glass of wine when, while we, while we're out. So what are your top three, you know, three places to get some sort of nice drink? Yes. This is a particularly hard one. So I'll just spit, follow a few of my favorites. Yeah. One of my favorite places to go recently, I started going to during the pandemic because they rebranded or like redid their concept, I think like a year ago. And then during the pandemic, I was going, only going to outdoor places. And I just fell in love with the spot called Lulu's Wine Garden. It's in the U Street neighborhood. They specialize in wines by the bottle. They're all the same price. So like it gives you the opportunity to just focus on what you're looking for in a bottle rather than just studying the prices. Oh, I like and that. Yeah, it's a neat idea. And they have just like the coolest backyard and like front patio, Um, excellent atmosphere and they have great food as well. But like, if you want a great glass of wine or like to go split a bottle with a friend, I'm always a fan of Lulu's, particularly when the weather's nice, it's great atmosphere outdoors. Um, High Lawn, which I mentioned above Union Market, that is a great place for a drink as well. Uh, particularly because you can order from like a few different places downstairs at Union Market, bring them up with you. Or if you just want to like enjoy your time at the High Lawn, they will um, bring your drink to your table for you. Um, you tell me what kind of like drink atmosphere are your listen- listeners looking for? It's, it's, it's. <laughs> I'm kidding. Katie, you can answer this. I mean, I love hearing about a good speakeasy. I love hearing okay. about like out like places that have a lot of outdoor seating, a rooftop bar, a, yes. a good brewery. Yeah, we have. Okay, so the neighborhood I mentioned before, Ivy City, they're the ones that have Baker's Daughter and Gravitas. They have a lot of distilleries. We have like this whole new culture, I guess, of distillery startups in DC, where's um, like Republic Restoratives, they make, it's a woman owned shop, which I love, and they make their own um, spirits, so like vodka, they have rum, and they'll do a tour and you can get cocktails there. And then also in that Ivy City neighborhood, you can, uh, there are like beer distilleries and tasting rooms. Um, so it's kind of a fun afternoon if you want to just like make an afternoon of like hopping by these different places to just like tour how they actually make the booze and then get to enjoy it yourselves. There are also some great um, rooftops in that area. There's Big Chief, which is New Orleans themed, which is, like, you know, tugs on my heartstrings because it's my hometown. A little pricey, but the rooftop of Gravitas, they opened up this whole rooftop concept called the Conservatory. And they, um, it's beautiful and they have lovely cocktails. And, oh, you know what's something else I discovered during the pandemic is going back to our talk about Georgetown. 
Fiola Mare is like one of the city's nicest restaurants, hands down. It's just like the best service you'll get. The food's incredible, but it's very pricey. But I learned a few months ago that they have something called sunset hour where you can book a table outside and it's pretty early. I want to say it's around like four or five o'clock and they offer very discounted drinks, oysters for like $2, which in DC is a good price, unfortunately. And um, like cocktails, beer, wine, and small plates. So like their menu is really fancy and they offer their small plates around like 10, 12, $14, I think. And you can watch the sunset over the river. And it's amazing because like this restaurant is so expensive, but during these few hours, you can drink outside, feel very fancy and like watch a stunning sunset over yeah. the Georgetown water. Good little local tip there. Yeah. I almost like that better than happy hour. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like it's, um, it's super fun to go to a, like a fancy place at a discount. Yeah. Speaking 100%. of just like prices and stuff, when I think of like larger cities, I see dollar signs. So what's like the price of yeah. like an average cocktail? Oh, DC is on average, I would say like $12, $14, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean you have to stick to that. Like we have yeah. great happy hour deals. And I would say, try to seek those out and make sure you're prioritizing like four to six, seven o'clock for happy hours so that you can like make sure you're getting those good deals. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina doesn't have happy hour specials. Like I think it's illegal to have like offer oh. alcohol as at a discount. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Wait, I'm so glad that you said that Katie. Cause I was like, am I just like super lame? I, I don't think I've ever been to like a happy hour. No, I don't think so. Good <laughs> because you know, when I was in Charleston, um, for like the summer, they had happy hours. I would go all the time. And then I came back to North Carolina and I was like, why isn't this yeah, happening like here? And then I realized like alcohol is not, oh. it's illegal to have it to offer specials. Wow. Can or, y'all yeah, do like bottomless cocktail deals or like on the weekends, I think they can, bottomless mimosas? Yeah. I've seen like bottomless, but, and, and of course they'll do like happy hour for food, but it's not as great when you can't enjoy that cocktail. We're in the oh, wrong state. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the wrong state. Wow. Yeah. I mean, hopefully your prices are lower on average than they are up here. So <laughs> they they're making are, up a yeah. little bit <laughs> difference. Yeah. 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 Making it's funny because out in Virginia, like Virginia and Maryland suburbs are really close to here. So the restaurants that have Virginia locations, like they might have a DC as their normal location and then one in the Virginia burbs, they can't do bottomless mimosas. There's some kind of law against that. So you have to sell the mimosas for like five cents or something, but like bottomless itself isn't a concept. They're just super cheap. Um, wait, side note. My husband went to a bachelor party in new Orleans and Ah. he went to this, um, it's very famous palace castle cafe. Yes. For for dinner. (laughs) No, they went for a brunch, which is kind okay. of weird, but that's fine. Boys who brunch. They got, they got quarter martinis. Yeah, that's like a New Orleans thing, which I adore. During weekday lunches, a ton of the fancy restaurants do martinis for a quarter. That's and insane. Yeah, they typically max you out at three, which is kind of funny if you think about it, like being able to handle three martinis on a weekday lunch is <laughs> aggressive, but like props. I couldn't go back but to work after one. I, I'm totally with you. But yeah, my favorite restaurant in New Orleans is Commander's Palace. And yes. I always try to go on a Friday during lunch because quarter martinis is just like a classic. That's he incredible. said that they all got um, shrimp po'boys turtle soup, which is actual turtle. 
um, and three martinis. And I was like, well, I'm proud of you guys for only having three, but the secrets, they're little secrets. Caught your eye. That's why they only had three. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, a po'boy turtle soup and three martini lunch is goals. Wait, I know this is a DC episode, but like, tell me about turtle soup. Like what, what's turtle? What does it taste like? Chicken? It tastes like chicken. I know that's stereotypical. I'm a pescatarian now, but of course they ate it a lot growing up. Yeah. And I I guess in other places they don't serve it as actual turtle, but in New Orleans, it's actual turtle. Oh, wow. My friend got married back in October and I, every single meal we had, which we had like three fancy lunches and they chose a set meal. Every meal had turtle soup. And I just was like, I respect this so much that you love turtle soup so much that you are having everyone experience the best of New Orleans. I haven't been to New Orleans ever and I really want to go, but I didn't know like that was a thing, but now I'm like excited to try it. It's a great city and I could talk about the food scene for another hour. Maybe we should do a New Orleans episode then. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. But okay. Back to DC. So we have our food, we have our drink. Let's move on to activities. Oh, did we get all the bars? <laughs> did we? We don't want to leave any out. Oh, uh, Are... I'll give you a few of like my favorite dive bars. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Let's see. There's one in the Union Market area right by me called um, Last Call. It opened up right before the oh, pandemic, yeah. and it is a true dive bar with actual dive bar prices, which is something that's hard to find in DC. And it's amazing because they um, they serve like cocktails on tap starting at $6. And it's not like real alcohol. It's like mid shelf. You can see what they've made everything with. Um, And it's cool because like Union Market itself used to be this like neighborhood where all the farmers in the area would come and sell their wholesale products to local restaurants. Mm -hmm. So all the workers in the area would eat at this cafeteria on the corner that is now last call. It was like just where you'd have your lunch at the cafeteria and um, they've repurposed a lot of the signage from that. I think it was, a, I want to say it was a Korean cafeteria and they have like a ton of the old union market signage from the areas and like written in Korean through last call. And I just love that they're just like embracing the neighborhood's culture um, yeah. and welcoming people in. And like, it's amazing, very cheap, but big fan of their. Wait, clearly I stalked you on TikTok earlier. Is this the place with the, old fashions on tap. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. I think that's crazy. Sparkling old fashioned or something like that. And they also have Palomas on tap. Oh, shoot. Okay. If you're, I know a lot of people have vodka sodas. You can do vodka sodas for $6 with a variety of flavored vodkas, but they're all like, I want to say they're stoli. They're not even real vodka. They're doubles for $6. Oh my gosh. I'd yeah, it's a really good deal. Yeah, what that was is. that called? Exactly. Last call. Last call. Last okay. call. They were closed through the pandemic and just opened up. And when I saw they were reopening, like my heart, grew, my heart grew two <laughs> sizes. I was so yeah. happy. Yeah. What is yeah. your go-to cocktail? I'm in a big margarita phase right now, which is cool because they just built a taqueria. Well, it's called Las Gemelas. They sell tacos and margaritas on the first floor of my building, which is dangerous. Oh, dangerous. But it's very dangerous. Very dangerous, but it's actually amazing. This is such a DC story that um, on Cinco de Mayo this year, I woke up to go to the airport really early to go down to New Orleans. And I like turned around, it's like 5 a.m. And I noticed that Las Hemelas has its lights on. And I was like, that's kind of strange. And like, lo and behold, later in the day at Cinco de Mayo, Joe Biden went to go get tacos there. Like, 
President oh. Biden just like in my neighbor, like in literally in my building. In your building. He was tacos. in your bedroom. <laughs> Joe Biden was in your bedroom. Yeah. In the first floor. But it was just like such a DC experience that the president of the United States is getting tacos like 12 floors from where I live. Okay. So now that we're, we're full, we're tipsy, let's move into activities. So Caroline, <laughs> what are some things in DC you'd recommend someone to do when they're in town? So being a foodie, I would say most of my things will like start and end with food. So if I'm going to like describe a perfect day, I would say like wake up, grab a coffee from a local coffee shop, like take a walk, go see the monuments. Um, if Which it's monuments? Saturday, the monuments. Okay. So. Which to be exact. Yeah. Let's have the monuments segment. Like <laughs> what's the deal? I want to interrupt you, but. Oh no, big, no, It's a great question. Part. Yeah. 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 I, even as a local, I try as much as I can just go and experience the beauty of them all. So I love to just like grab a nice coffee, walk, you know, around the Washington Monument, take a lap around the Tidal Basin, which is where um, the Jefferson Memorial is. And during the spring, you get the cherry blossoms, which is phenomenal, but it's also pretty when you don't have the cherry blossoms. And on that loop, you can see the MLK Memorial. Um, if you, you can walk all the way down to the Lincoln Memorial and past, I think the World War II Memorial is there. Just like take it all in. I would just like walk with friends, appreciate the surroundings. You can also, this is where I'm gonna get food focused. I would, you can start at the Washington Monument, walk all the way down the mall to see the Capitol, loop around the Capitol, and then head to Easter Market. And that's where you can go to Ambar for brunch or for Balkan Experience dinner. If you go to Ambar for brunch, I would, on a Saturday or Sunday, I would go to Eastern Market right after and look at the local stalls. Um, that's one way to do it. Is the market open year round? Yes, it is. All year, regardless of weather. There's like an indoor portion, which is like this historic building um, that you can go in, you know, if it's like raining outside, they'll always have the indoor market open or outside. They're pretty good about the vendors being there regardless of the weather. Like I said before, Union Market's an awesome neighborhood on like Thursday to Sunday, all the local shops are open in the area. So like downstairs in my building, we have a lot of uh, like local gift shops, not gift shop, but things like there's like a baby store or like this new gift store that sells products that are um, made by um, members of the black community. And there's, um, gosh, they keep opening new things downstairs. There's also like the store that specialize is, specializes in like pre-owned furniture and pre-owned clothing and like fun to pop in local bookshops in the neighborhood and then just go get a bite at the union market market itself is great um what are my other favorite things to do in dc and i would just say like go walk around like dupont circle and like or logan circle like grab a good iced coffee go sit down hang out with your friends like and of course the monuments and the museums are all fantastic. The portrait gallery is my favorite museum. Most of them are free, which is incredible. What, what what's that one? I've never heard of that. Portrait gallery. It's they have they specialize as the name would in, would imply in portraits. So like if you remember after um, Obama left office, the famous like Obama portrait of him with like the foliage behind him and Michelle Obama is like in that gorgeous dress. Both of those portraits are in this museum. It's good to go walk around. So when it comes to monuments, do you have any like 
local tips. So would you go maybe, would you try to go early in the morning or late at night to try to avoid the tourist rush? Cause I feel like it is a very, like, let's be honest. It's kind of touristy. Yeah. I would probably go like later in the afternoon because I think your tourists will probably be there during the day and like getting into the museum. So maybe if you go before you go to happy hour, mm-hmm. like go look at the monuments and stroll over to get a drink somewhere. I think you'll have the fewest people there. Yeah. A local tip, if you're planning your trip early enough, contact your member of Congress's office and they can help set up tours at particular places. Like oh. if you're early enough, they can help set up a tour at the White House. Um, it's hard to get into. You might not have availability. It's worth a shot. There's, um, they can help get you up to, you can actually go up the Washington Monument to the top. It's gorgeous view of the city. It's been closed for several years for renovations, but I think it's back open. I don't know if pandemic okay. affected that or um, those are probably my two favorite. Like, so you can go online, go to your member of Congress's office, look at the contact button, and then just reach out and say like, hey, can you help me schedule tours to the White House and the Washington Monument? Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, And free, which is great. And I mean, the White House tour is incredible. You have to book it several months out, but you can see like a lot of, you can go (laughs) to the West Wing itself, but like the East Wing, um, which is beautiful. That's fine. Do they have tours while the president is in town? Yeah, because it's a different part of the White House. The, the president will stay in the West Wing where the available offices. They'll be taking you to the opposite side of it. Um, it's okay. things like, God, I forgot all the rooms. His things. bedroom, his bathroom, <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. The first floor. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like the sitting rooms and like the room where they have like any kind of like special events. It's all blanking on me now. It's like the one, the famous uh, portrait of George Washington, but it's all roped off, but you can just do a self-guided tour through that probably last like 45 minutes, but that's like as insider DC as you can get and anyone can do it as long as you uh, book it early enough. What's the security like getting in? Oh, getting, oh God, it's tough. So um, you can't bring a bag if you're a woman, so, or a man either, but you just have like your phone and maybe like a small container of things. And then you have to go through, I want to say like two or three checkpoints of security. So you have to like go up to a person, make sure your name's on the list. You need an ID. Then you go up to the next area. They verify your ID. And, um, then you have to go through like really tense, like metal detectors. And I think it's the kind that like circle around you, you see in the airport, um, and once you're clear that you go like another checkpoint and then you can get into the white house. And wow. It, it's super cool. Yeah. That seems like a lot, but like totally understand why, you know, yeah. <laughs> better. and it's, it makes for like, it's a lovely tour. I can't remember if you can take photos or not, but yeah, we didn't time. go on my eighth grade field trip. We didn't get to go to the white house, but we did go to, um, Arlington. You been okay. There? Yeah. That was nice. And then we went to the Holocaust Museum. Oh, God. Amazing museum. Very powerful. Yeah. And then some Smith. Okay. One thing I have a question about. So when yes. when people say Smithsonian, Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I can't Smithsonian. say it. Smithsonian. Smithsonian. Yeah. That's not just like one museum. There are like it's, multiple. It's a whole family. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They have okay. like natural history, which is amazing. It has great dinosaurs and evolution exhibit there's american history they have the star spangled banner 
Um, they have Dorothy's shoes. They actually, my favorite exhibit there is the um, first lady's dresses. They have one dress from first ladies going back like a century, which is super cool. Oh, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's American history. And then they have, um, I don't know if these are in the Smithsonian family, but they have like the national art gallery. They have the portrait gallery, which I just mentioned. Um, Air, the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, where we'll see like the um, the Wright brothers plane. Oh yeah. Um, and okay. some old space shuttles. These are in, all of these museums are on the mall. All right, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. The area in front of the, um, the monument. Yes. So it's easy to just like pick a few museums you want to do and mm-hmm. you can do them back to back. As yeah. long as you're with people who can concentrate for a long time, because that's yeah. a lot one other, one other question I had for you about what to do is when I was Googling things to do, a, a lot of lo- walking tours like popped up. Do you recommend any of those? Have you been on any? I've been on food tours, like walking okay. food tours. And I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend those because I don't think you're going to the best restaurants in a city. They're cool because like they're organized and you get like a taste of the neighborhood's history when you're walking through them. But the actual places you're stopping at aren't my favorite. But I've never done like a walking history tour of DC. Uh, so we don't know. But like the hop on, hop off buses, I think they have these in other cities where like it's one bus system, you get a pass for a day, and then they take you to certain places. You can hop off for like a certain amount of time to get back on. They're really efficient in DC because if you want to see like Arlington Cemetery and like Lincoln um, Memorial and all these other places that are far apart, it's really efficient way to just like pay a flat fee and do a self-guided tour and I think they oh. might give you pictures you're driving around but highly recommend those okay that's nice um, and also like when it's really cold or really hot you have an air exactly. conditioned bus mm-hmm. that's nice. totally yeah. that but a walking cool. tour you know that that could be a good idea particularly like if you want a taste of the city's history and don't want to just like explore it on your own that could be cool Speaking of tours, so obviously DC is like very rich in history, um, which comes with like, I feel like ghosts. Do you know any ghost tours? It's funny that you mentioned that because I just thought of this. I was walking past the White House recently and it was like at night and there was a ghost tour right in front of us. So we just like stopped and listened to it for a little bit. I personally like, I'm a little too scared of ghosts to participate in a ghost tour, but I think that could be cool. It's fascinating because like, DC has so much history you wouldn't be aware of. There's a sushi place by my old office in Chinatown that like, you know, I pick up sushi every now and then. And one day I realized there's this like historical sign out front. Um, and I like looked at it and it said, this is the spot where John Wilkes Booth planned the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. And it's now a walk and roll sushi and karaoke bar. And it's that just is- like, you can never guess. He's probably so ro- bizarre. rolling over in his grave. That's so cool. On that note, let's move into our rapid fire round. It's rapid fire round. What's the most Instagrammable spot? Ooh, um, flag Denali. Oh, wait, do you want me to explain as I go along on these or just give answers? If you feel like it needs an explanation, sure. If not, Okay. Blackton Alley is the like <laughs> alley full of murals that I mentioned in Shaw. Oh yes. Okay. Cool. Favorite pizza spot. Side door. 
What is your favorite DC event? Oh God. Oh, um, the Mount Vernon wine festival, which I'm going to in July. It is like all the Virginia, um, wineries come and do a tasting at Mount Vernon where George Washington's house is. And you're literally just like sitting outside where George Washington lived, drinking the best wines in the area, looking at the Potomac. And it is amazing. We just did an episode, um, for Charlottesville, it's coming out on Tuesday and she named like so many, um, wineries that well, yeah. I think both of us want to go there. So I'm sure should... those wineries will be here. Yeah. yeah, That'd be so cool if we could go. Cause then we're like checking off Charlottesville and kind of D- Charlotte, uh, DC. No, you're checking up. off DC <laughs> and kind of Charlottesville. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that works. That sounds fun. What's your favorite coffee shop? Oh, um, Suspeso, where I went to French this morning. What's it called? Suspeso. S-O-S-P-E-S-O. Best spot to get wine and cheese. St. Vincent's Wine Bar, open during the pandemic. Amazing patio outside. Favorite rooftop bar. Ooh. Um, God. I'm going to go with High Lawn on top of Union Market. Favorite dessert spot. Is that maybe the, one of those bakeries that you said? Oh gosh, I should have a better answer to this. Um, let's go with Ice Cream Jubilee. Favorite, so your favorite museum was the Portrait Museum? Portrait Gallery, absolutely. Portrait Gallery, okay. Favorite local business? Neighbor Goods. They make honey, like food pun, like dish towels and like home goods. Like a little, like a perfect little gift shop, gift store. Exactly. And- Sucker for food puns. The number one place to steer clear from, what's the biggest tourist attraction? I would say just stay away from downtown restaurants. Like if it's near the White House and you're hungry, go a little bit further. Okay. 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 Note taken. All right. And before we wrap up, what is your number one travel tip in general? It doesn't have to be DC oriented to share with our listeners comfortable shoes. Like yeah. make sure whatever shoes you're wearing, you'd be willing to walk from point A to point B and uh, you won't need to bring as many band-aids. Yes. This Do you have any recs? Um, it's kind of embarrassing, but I tend to wear Clark's shoes. They oh, yeah. have just started like yeah. making really cute shoes, like wedges and like chunky heels and very comfortable but like Clark's has always been such a grandma brand so it's embarrassing to tell people Clark's, but like, Clark's are great. cool yeah Clark's Thank you. I thought you were gonna say Skechers Me or too. something um, and I was really afraid for you Thank you guys that makes me feel a whole lot better Throwback to the Clark Wallabies did y'all used to wear those Oh my gosh yes yeah. I forgot those existed. <laughs> I actually would totally wear those now though. I know. Cause now, now my, friend, like, my friend has some still and he still wears them. Oh, love. well, yeah. The, for guys, I feel like all my guy friends, they wear like the Clark desert boots or whatever. Oh yeah. But oh my gosh, the wallabies, like people would like where you'd either like tie them really loose or like really tight. And like, I was definitely on the tight. <laughs> yeah. My mom. I still have be- mine. Ooh, vintage. Yeah. What would you wear those with these days? I probably wouldn't, but, and I don't like to get rid of things. So I'm like, maybe I'll have a son or a daughter and they'll want to wear them and it'll be cool because they'll be vintage. That's true. So my dad was raised in the shoe business and he bought like a ton of shoes back in like the eighties. 
And he just will recycle them and they come back in style. So like when Wallabies came back in style, he was like, yeah, I've had those forever. And yeah. it just keeps happening. Same thing like saddle ox and stuff. Yeah. You just never know. Doc Martens. Doc Martens. Yeah, I was, it was, I was cool before this even even knew about it. We wore yeah. Doc Martens as a part of my high school uniform. Doc Martens and then we eventually really? switched to Topsiders. But like okay, at the time, cool... they were not cool. Doc Martens were not cool back in like 2001. Throwback. All right. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Sure. I'm the Thrifty Spoon on Instagram. And as of February, I've been on TikTok, which has um, yes. been a fun experiment, but I'm honestly loving it. No, yeah. Your page is really, really good. We're trying to get more into TikTok because oh, thank you. we need to get into TikTok. Um, but thank you so much for coming on today. We really can't wait to come visit DC. Katie, we should take the train up to DC because I believe there's one from Raleigh to DC. Yeah. Um, oh, it's perfect. We'll that. Idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should yeah, do that soon. Do that. I mean, when you're here, we can go to happy hour. I can introduce you to the magic of discounted drinks. Yes. 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 And that is a wrap on Washington, D.C. If you enjoyed Washington, D.C. and want more of Washington, D.C., I just said that way too many times. Let us know who we should interview next. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you found any value to, in this episode, tell your neighbor's mom, tell your neighbor who lost their dog, because that's what I did today. Uh, there was a dog going down the street. Don't care. I'm not going to. But anyways, we found our owner. Um, tell tell your dad. I don't think you've told him yet. And tell your dentist. Next week, join us next week as we discover more U.S. cities. AKA, we don't know who are. We don't have a city yet, but stay tuned. Um, yes, enjoy your week. And until then, sayonara. sayonara.